can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. And pretty certain Jay Leno is a Chinaw Master! Chinaw Master? Wow. <laughs> Episode 15, recorded August 26, starts now. We've got Craig S. Keesling <laughs> in the house as usual. Hiya, folks. And we've got the return of the son of the shut up and play your big owl right over here. Yeah, big rig, speaking to you. <laughs> big owl's becoming a regular over here. <laughs> there we go. It's good. He's not that regular anywhere else, so... Oh, dear. And if anybody has any formulas for that, would you send them to me? I'd like to be a little more regular. <laughs> if not, I got some, some special pants you can borrow. I have those. Okay. Yeah, I right. depend on them. <laughs> <laughs> Big Al, if you were regular, you could buy your clothes the same place the rest of us do. <laughs> uh, yep. So, how are we doing now? How's everybody feeling this week? Uh, you know, I think we're okay. We got through the, good. uh, we got, you know, we got through the intensive weekend the week before, which is pretty good. You know, we always got Daddy Pittman out there to always show us that we just don't know crap, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. You know, it gets a chance for him to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, mark his territory and let us know. And, but yet it was really wonderful. He was, you know, it was great. He showed us a lot of great stuff. It was, you know, we covered a crap load of material in a short period of time, so... Uh, That's a whole lot of karate. Yes, it was. We uh, we definitely uh, got our two days' worth in out there. Now, um, and I had mentioned on the last show that uh, this show would probably be a bonus episode with some material from that seminar. Uh, I did you lied, some, didn't you? Yeah, I lied. Get used to it, <laughs> folks. Now, I did actually get some really good stuff out there, but I didn't get everything I needed to put the show together because you guys went to the steakhouse and then never came back. I set up all my gear out there on the porch and all the people I wanted to talk to. <laughs> they just never made it back to the house. So uh, I packed it all up and put it back inside before it rained on us again. Uh, but uh, I'm going to try to get a hold of people, you know, via Skype or whatever and get a, somewhere. It, basically, that's going to be our little you know, window into a seminar episode, but I, 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 I've got some interesting stuff, but it may be a few shows before that one pops out of the box. So, you know, hang on for that. Goes the weasel. <laughs> All right. We're, we're off and running. Right, we're cooking Here, with God. gas tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Fire up the calliope, boys. So, um, we've got a, we got a pretty good show for you here. We hope anyway, we've got a discussion topic. And uh, since we've got uh, an ectomorph, a mesomorph, and an endomorph in the room with us, nice, nice, <laughs> we're gonna see if we can uh, step on them. Yeah, no, no, because yeah. he would win that contest. Yeah, true. Um, we're <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit about size and martial arts, and are there certain styles that are better for certain types of body, certain people? And yes, lady, size does matter. Mm. Uh, the the big fat guy is going to say that every time. Yeah. Well, they don't call me Big Al for nothing. <laughs> That's right. It's the size of your cranium. <laughs> it's like two cinder blocks making love between those headphones over there. <laughs> Ooh, you should, it feels good, too. Two cinder blocks making love. Yeah. We're also going to touch on a little bit of a Wuda segment. Uh, and we're going to try to stretch that out uh, into a real, real segment on this show. So we've got another one we might toss back and forth for a minute. 
And, uh, of course, we've got news. 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 Yep. <clears throat> so we'll be getting all that in a minute. Um, you know, we just uh, spent a little time in the Champagne Lounge, so we'll put that off for a minute. And we're try. just going to cut right into our discussion <laughs> topic here. <laughs> Let's go right into it. I never should have bought Big Al that last lap dance. No. He has not been the same <laughs> since. <laughs> and, and, and just been she, she still won't call me. That's right. <laughs> I got to figure that she won't call me. Dude, speaking, you know, and I gave her my credit card and everything. She said she loved me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I opened up my gifts, you know, for, at the day after the party, and uh, Blake, yeah, Blake got me a nice gift in the card. It said, I hope you like your table dance. And I'm like, what? And so I open up the gift and there's like an inch tall little person, you know, on a, on a, doing a pole dance and it says a little table dance. Oh, oh hey, Yeah. So you just kind of set it on the table. And he he should have gotten one of those little Barbie tables out of a pizza box. There you go. <laughs> you know, the thing that keeps the box from mashing yeah, in yeah, on the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Barbie table. And strapped it on and there. I, I thought he was going to do a little dance on that for you. <laughs> that so, would be nice. That's how Blake rolls. I've seen him shake his stuff in the loincloth in front of people's faces <laughs> in public places. Remind me again what a loincloth is. A breech clout, a loincloth. It's the thing you wrap around your junk if you're Tarzan. But what's yeah. a clout, man? I thought it was cloth. Loincloth. Yeah, but Breech clout. I never heard of the cloud. Makes it you know, we're gonna we're gonna do the dictionary podcast with you right. one of these days, Craig, because you are a never ending font of what? Is that that's right. Well, okay, that's gonna be a very long show. So yeah. <laughs> that's uh I'll be busy that week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think I'll be busy that week too. I'll just put the mic on him and leave the house for the weekend. <laughs> what? Come back give him come, a dictionary. Come back five or six days later and you hear this, huh? Uh, what? <laughs> All right, so uh, carrying on. All right. All right, what's a paradiddle? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> one more than a unididdle. Yeah. <laughs> that's one, it's, a, it's actually a, it's a slide thing you use on a dobro. No, it's not. <laughs> Way to make it up over there. I like it. <laughs> uh, we'll leave it for the drummers to explain what that is. Uh, so, yeah, if you're confused by that, go ask a drummer, but definitely do not ask either one of these guys <laughs> i'll but, tell you something but moving on let's get to this question here uh you know are specific martial arts geared to specific size people is it best if you're a certain body type to find an art that fits that by design well i think there's two you you notice how you phrase that question though oh yeah is that yeah it is <laughs> is the martial arts style designed for the person or does the person look at their body's shape and size and, you know, physical well-being or whatever, and say, well, what style would I feel most comfortable in? Right. That's part of it. I mean, if you're physically incapable of doing jump spinning backflip kicks, then there are going to be some styles. <laughs> and, 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 if you, and that's my category. I'm incapable of doing those. Me and gravity have an agreement. But on the other hand, you spent many years in what? Tong Sudo, which has some pretty gravity-defying yeah, yeah, kicks yeah, built into yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Now... This will bring me to one part of this. Um, first off, I'll just say I think this is a yes and no answer question. That some things are going to be better suited to certain types of bodies, but that anybody can, I believe, can modify any style if they have a good teacher to work for them within the limits of their framework. Completely agree. Now, with the Tong Sudo, uh, you were big then too, right? Yeah. 
But not as. Not yeah. as. But you were big then. Yeah. You were so, half out. And you were younger. Yeah. But yeah. did you just attempt to do the jump spinning kicks or oh, yeah. did they yeah, modify yeah. No, them? No, for no, you? no, no. Yeah, I mean, you had to do everything. The program was set. You had to do everything. And one of the things that I got, I mean, you know, was just doing a spinning sidekick. I mean, that was one of the things you had to do a leaping spinning sidekick. And I actually got to be fairly good at that. Hmm. And we had to hit the heavy bag and go do that spinning, you know, uh, Sidekick. Oh, excuse me, it's a belt sitting here, but, uh, but no, it was a, uh, that Chung didn't give you an opportunity that, I mean, he didn't force you if you couldn't do the material, but you had to try. I mean, you, so, you know, the biggest part was, is that I, you know, I learned to do a flying spinning <laughs> sidekick at six foot. And at that time, I was six three and about 225. That's not um, that big though. No. I Not mean, compared to six three and two fifty now. Yeah, hello. I mean, I'm six foot yeah. and two fifteen, and I can still do a jump spinning back kick. Yeah, but you learned that before you got to two fifteen. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, there's but, definitely something to and, that. And and the whole thing in in traditionally in Tung Sudo that size wasn't an issue. You just went through the whole you went through the whole process. But you learned very quickly that the tall, thin guys that could kick you in a second was, well, I gotta fight them differently than some guy that's much shorter. Some guy that's got long legs and a kicking art, you have to change the way that you spar with them. Oh, yeah. You cannot spar. And then they have that short little guy that's got short little legs. Well, please kick me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but there were, we had a couple of guys that are six, 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 five. And had the phenomenal roundhouse kicks that you just had to say, I have to set him up so when he does that, I'm somewhere You're already else. in there. I'm or... in the locker room changing my clothes heading home. <laughs> or you rushed him before the kick, you know, got exactly. out. But, well, well, like, for instance, I did Taekwondo for a while. And while I got pretty good at kicking, I'm a long, you know, I'm about six feet tall, which is not short, but I'm mostly spine. You know, <laughs> my, my wife is like five, nine and our legs are the same length. No, she's five six, and her legs something the same wrong with that. Yeah, yeah it's it kind of. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Yeah. <laughs> so you wouldn't imagine me to be all over taekwondo, but I got from practicing it to where I could easily kick somebody six two, six three in the head with my foot flat on the ground. You know, your legs definitely are longer than yeah. your body yeah. when you get them stretched out good. So I learned to play that game, but I was still I always felt I was at a huge disadvantage to the guys that were naturally set up for it, and. um because when they sparred, it was all oriented towards kicking, and you weren't allowed to punch. So there was no way I felt like I could really set my game up without being able to punch, too, or punch to the head, you know? Yeah. And that was the one beauty of being in Tung Sudo and the tradition coming through Master Chung was that everything was, blocks were 100%. We, know it, we wore no padding. There was no pads in class. So punches were supposed to be like 20 to 30%. But blocks were at 100. So my the whole thing was, if you throw a big roundhouse, I'm just going to attack that leg. <laughs> after a while, the, the rookies... Won't kick who, anymore. Well, after a while, the guys that were much better than me just said, it hurts too much for me to try to kick you in the head. Mm -hmm. I'll stop. <laughs> now I'm going to stab you with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when you look at size, like the, um, Bob Bird's judo school here in town, we had talked this earlier in the Champagne Lounge before the dancer left. And... Um, <laughs> They're, they're, all the judo guys are big, huge, hefty guys. There ain't no small judo guys at that school. And that right. doesn't mean there aren't, uh, you know, different sized people doing judo. But what I have seen in most judo classes, they are beefy fellas. Yeah. So that's another aspect of this. It's not necessarily just the art, but the individual class. Yeah. 
Uh, so you want to, I, I would say look for a, a class with a range of people, because even if you're small, you want at least one or two of those big guys in class, so you learn how to deal with them. True, but you don't want to walk in, you know, if I was to go to this judo school, I would, I probably wouldn't feel, I'd feel slightly uncomfortable, just because if they're all, if everybody's built way bigger than me, I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like being the only girl in class. And that goes to the next step. If you go to George Kennedy's Aikido school over in Avondale, that's a plug for you, George, because you are, I mean, he's a phenomenal teacher. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you'll see everybody size there in Aikido. It's as different as night and day. It's just the way the art actually works. Right. Right. And there's a lot. And if you actually notice that if we talk about size matters, oh, yeah, once again, the phone goes off. I think, well, he's doing that. I'll go ahead and turn my phone off so I don't look like an ass right here live on all this thing. Oh, we're not live, but don't cut that out. Don't cut that out. Don't worry. You're giving me plenty of good material. (laughs) We're keeping that in. Yeah, just leave that in there. So That was our Douglas. Oh. Well, hi, Douglas. But but the uh, other side of this is, like I said, when you also look at an art, uh, Aikido seems to have a, a high percentage of women. And so, tradi- really? I mean, yeah, I mean, a very high percentage of women do Aikido. And so, they're generally going to be much smaller than most guys. And when you go to the average, when you go to Georgia class, and it's been a long time since I've been there, but going to most Aikido schools, you'll see a varying size. You won't see anybody, you know, like again at a judo class being very big. You'll see a lot of different body types. Right. Now, do you think that may have something to do with, uh, you know, Aikido is not only very non-competitive, but, and I'm not talking about any specific school here, but a lot of Aikido schools are much more about personal development than they are about combat, too. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with it. I mean, it just happens to do with that if you're training, if that if you're doing an idea of trying to throw somebody just to, you know, to to get them to go away, that you're not really trying to have a confrontation. You're trying to discourage them. That's it, what Oshiba said later in his career. But it, yeah, it has a lot of differences. The style that, you know, if you've got a really brutal bang up class, then that's going to start weeding out those people mm-hmm. and that aren't as nearly psychotic as the three of us are. Indeed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? So let's, let's take a step back. Let me, uh, let me pare this down a little bit. Now, obviously, if the class is something that's more about physical fitness and personal development rather than, than uh, you know, training for self-defense or for, you know, for sport, then it's not – your size is not going to matter as much, just period. Um, but if we're talking about a system that focuses more on self-defense or sport – now, sport kind of gets an easy out here because sport has weight classes, Oh, good point. So if you get into a gym to do MMA or something like that, you're going to gravitate towards your weight class. So you'll kind of be paired up with people that at least on raw physicality, size. Well, matured sports. MMA in the beginning, though, now didn't always have weight classes and shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at that point, it wasn't even a sport. It yeah. was a challenge. Well, you know, it was just that, a Gracie yeah. family taking right. everybody on. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, now, now that it's evolved into a sport and just like boxing, you go into a boxing gym, you might spar with other people, but they're not going to put you in to really throw leather with somebody that's way bigger or way yeah, smaller. Yeah, that 135 pound guy does not want to get in the ring with a 240 pound True indeed. Right. So let's, let's sort of brush that aside for now. And if you're looking at traditional schools or even some of the more modern eclectic schools like Krav Maga or something like that, do you guys think that there are some systems that are better suited? I mean, let me put it this way. There's, and I said this earlier, there's three of us in this room. We got a Northern Shaolin guy, 
we got a Bagua guy, and we got a Shingy guy. Now, we've all done a bunch of other stuff, but those are the things we've focused on. You guys out there in listener land, can you put together two and two and say who's the ectomorph, who's the endomorph, and who's the mesomorph based on those styles? I bet you can. Yeah. And, I'm and the who's best. the polymorph? And I'm the best looking one of the group, too. So. Craig's over there playing to... Dungeons and yeah, Dragons. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's interesting, particularly being the Shingy guy here and also being the you know biggest guy here, is that Shingy does seem to lend itself well to being a big man's art. But it's not limited to it. In other words, I've known students that come in and go, oh, you're trying to teach to me like you do it. And I go, no, I'm just trying to get you to develop power first, and then you decide how you want to actually end up using it. And traditionally, that this was all supposedly that in the internal art that you learned Chingy first, and then you went to Bagua to refine that power. Mm-hmm. And then, and then eventually yeah. the Tai Chi. And now mm-hmm. if you want to talk about where size matters, Tai Chi matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, size matters because it doesn't matter what size you are in Tai Chi. You get your ass kicked. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, don't, I, I don't mean that to all you Tai Chi folks. And I do Tai Chi. Um, but you Tai Chi on, but, don't you? But the, the biggest problem you see in most Tai Chi classes that, you know, that, that 80 year old woman, you know, oh, yeah. which is a completely, no, we're not, again, we're not talking about even the fighting sport or a fighting art. Right. We're talking we're, about a health art. Yeah. So, we're putting that aside. So that, I just wanted to throw that out. Just get my, but, but, <laughs> get you know, your hate mail. Yeah. 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 So I haven't got any hate mail yet. So if you have any hate mail, please <laughs> look, there are good fighting Tai Chi schools out oh, there yeah, where people are. compete yeah. in MMA and do all that stuff. They're yeah. just rare. They're like mm-hmm. hen's teeth. They're few mm-hmm. and far between and because there's uh like yeah uh, i was looking for a hens too but okay. I'm sorry. even the traditional i mean even <laughs> the lineage holders <laughs> even some of the lineage holder yeah. guys now who used to be old school traditional and do the fighting with it and all that have because of the modern age it's like we want to market to the west and things have kind of soft and soften and soften up you know because from the right money. well and it's also you know tai chi is the most it is the most popular Chinese martial art out there. And anything that gets that popular is going to have a huge variety of dedication oh, yeah. and skill with the instructors. So it's, it's partly a victim of its yeah, own and success. And it has a wonderful spot. Again, spot particularly with seniors and other people that aren't really looking for a fighting art, but are looking for some type of movement. It, it's a wonderful, great, you know. Well, there's uh, nothing uh, else like it. For I mean, it, and that's true. There is nothing else like it. So, yeah. yeah. So, and, and again, I think, you know, with those three, big internals i see each one of those answering sort of a different question all related to fighting when you when they are taught martially mm-hmm. and they work really well all mixed together <laughs> oh yeah all right so let's let's but let's let's, let's let me back this up here listen if you had if you had a 18 year old daughter who weighed 120 pounds and she wanted to do martial arts where would you send her and she wanted to do it for self-defense for protection I'd what sort of arts would you push her towards i put her in a boxing ring there you go. Okay. And, you know, it's funny because usually light, light, lightweight boxers or welterweight boxers seem to do very well. The conditioning is usually not an issue, and boxing is pretty tough in conditioning, although Craig can work your ass out. Mm-hmm. That I would do. Uh, but, um, you know, I would it's put a her in, to, in boxing first, or the other idea is that idea of Aikido or Judo or you know, any of these arts work fine. In fact, I, you know, we've had a lot of small people in our classes. I actually think that when you look at the parity across the board, is that in Bogwa itself, or at least when Alan Pittman's classes or been in your classes, Dave, or been around, 
There are tons of different but shapes. size isn't really that much of an issue because the form itself gets you to, you're moving around somebody so much. Right. And so that all it is is that if you're willing to act every once in a while, you know, stick your hand in a fan, it doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter as much as Bagua. And it shouldn't matter as much in Ching but Ching seems to lend itself to being a big man's arm. Well, I think just the, the fact that it's very direct, I think, makes it easy for a big guy to capitalize on that. Yes, yes. Whereas it may be harder for a really big guy to get used to, you know, going low and going around the corner. It's like, why would he need to? It right. kind of goes against his body type. Like right, we're just shoulder about him exactly. So, um, okay, let me flip the question on its head. If you had somebody that was 45 years old, overweight, and wanted to get into something... For self-defense, not just for development or to get back in shape, but really wanted a self-defense core out of it, what would you send them to? Modern Wushu. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't think that would be appropriate? We uh, Okay, sure. I'm joking. I can obviously. do that jump up in the air and land in a split. Sure. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, obviously. Obviously. So well, you, know, you have a real answer over there. You gonna make Big Al do all the time. I would say, I would say, I would I say one of those two arts. I would <laughs> honestly. I mean, you didn't describe body shape. You you said his age. I said overweight. Oh, and, overweight. And with you know, yeah, overweight, out of shape. You know, forty five, forty years. I would say old any above. one of the three of the internals is where I would point him. And and you know, and and Wing Chun's a very great school for the, this type of stuff too. I mean, if you look at a lot of these schools, they actually teach fighting. Pretty quickly, in a lot of Wing Chun classes, mm-hmm. you know, here in town between Francis Fong and uh, what's his name out there in the, um, I'll think oh, of it in a minute. Wow. Yeah, Jason Lau. Yeah. But you know, the whole point. Here come is, the ninjas. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I was holding off. I didn't want to feed you that line. <laughs> well, I know. I know. Because name and names and whatnot. Well, but, hey, this but, podcast goes everywhere, so let's keep it to styles rather than yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the point being is that, you know, sometimes, it, you know, and again, it all boils down to the what fitness level you want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was grossly out of shape and out of weight and I went to a Hungar class, mm-hmm. when I first looked at it, I went, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this class. Just doing the I, opening I, form will whip was, your ass. I mean, I looked yeah. at it. I mean, we I sat down and, and he was teaching. That was when Gary was teaching out of, like, you know, the um, Chinese Center. Community Center. Yeah. Yep. And I went back there and I went. I would like to do this, but there's no way in hell. They like to do the push-ups on the backs of the hands, on the wrists. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It was nuts. (laughs) Yeah. So it becomes a, how do you go to the class and do what the class does and be able to say, oh, I'm 45 years old. I don't need to be doing certain things. Right. Right. And how do you make that choice? And how do you as a teacher say, you know, we're so open and loose as teachers in our classes mm-hmm. so you know i say somebody said look i'll let you you know get this at your own pace you can get in shape at your own pace mm-hmm. but we still have to push them yeah we right. still have to push them and make them get in shape faster than they want to well so, i've got so, like one of my newer students uh is in his mid-40s and he's just starting he i told you about him he was actually a guy who started training at the same time i did but he you know uh went away pretty quickly but um and then you know i've had some guys who are who are big and overweight and you know i've seen the whole wide gamut but because in northern shaolin we do have stuff that are easier for a younger smaller person to do the fancy jump in the air kind of kick that y'all were talking about earlier and you know i'd say it's not important 
what's important is that that kick is mainly used as a teaching model for body principles and things of that nature. So let's look at other things that will still embody those exact same principles without you having to try to jump three feet in the air, spin around, and do all this. You might end up hurting yourself, well, that's, and there's no yeah. point. That's yeah. part of the reason I was asking him earlier if they made allowances in, in Tong Sudo for him maybe not being as easily able to do some of the kicks. He said no, but like in Northern Shaolin, where the fancy kicks are in the forum and some of that other stuff, there's usually at least three different ways to do it that are mm-hmm. progressive, you know, yep. like just to jump in the air and turn around with no kick, you know, do the kick standing and then do the jump and turn the kick and you, you can build up to it or you can just, if you're never going to get there, you just plug one of those easier ones yeah. in and do it that way because it has the same, I guess, principle. Well, and a lot of them are, you know, really about training your body to develop power for certain types of knee strikes and throws and takedowns. Um, they're not really about jumping up in the air and kicking somebody they're great for demos they're wonderful cool looking things but yeah and we have to look at it too and i mean we do it every day in our own classes chung did it in his is that when you get somebody to do something and you see that they physically have a hard time doing it well then you gotta allow them to work at their own pace Mm -hmm. you know so and like you said you can adjust the form make it happen yeah i mean uh alan um pitman showed several different times the difference between hungry men being the older little wisp of a man and his brother, Hungy Shung, being very big but still very short, is that when Hung might do something very vertical, Hungy Shung did it very horizontal. horizontal. Uh, he made uh, it, he turned it around to another way, and Alan would show me the other way. Right. And you know, he'd show you both ways. And then I get the cross-reference through Bob Yu, through Tom Carls, because Bob Yu was actually sanctioned under Hungy Shung, is that Tom would show it, and we'd see, he'd see it, yes. It's, that's how Hung Chung did it. It was more of a horizontal move than it was a vertical move. Very cool. And it worked, right. and it works well. Quick question. Uh, you might have to edit this out, but some of these names that we're spitting out, like Tom Carls and stuff like that, do you guys have any contact information or online presence information for when I do show notes? Because they're people who I've looked up in the past, and I have no... No, oh, well, yes. yeah. I mean, everything I've said, I can give you names for Right. Addresses yeah. for yeah, uh, social security web address. numbers. No, yeah. just web address. <laughs> you know, social stuff security like that numbers, that I can put up a link numbers, to. Uh, yeah, Cayman yeah. Island number, pantyhose Ooh. size. Okay, so what were we talking? Let about? me. Oh, who knows? <laughs> I think we got a lot, got a little lost here. But, Let no, me just say no. that real quick. My, to me, this question is is extremely similar to the uh, dichotomy within Chinese styles of the northern versus southern classification. Yes, it's true that nor- northern styles, oh, tall, skinny, mountainous, and, and that, you know, there's a lot more kicking type shit. And in low, uh, in southern styles, it's all about the hands, yada, yada, yada. But then there's always exceptions to that rule. Those, those rules are just very general classification. And I think the body size, the body type is a similar thing that for, on a very superficial way, yeah, short, stocky person tries Hungar, they're going to find that it works great for them the same way that Xing Yi works for you, you know, um, because of that short power and, and, and a lot of muscular thing and gang, jing, whatever they call it. And, you know, somebody who's maybe my size might be better at, I don't know, the Northern Shaolin or Taekwondo or something. But at the same time, like we were saying, these, you know, the exception is that there are people that break these rules, have in the past. And it, you know, it can happen if you're really in love with that style, but your body type you don't feel matches it. It's going to take a little bit more work, the teacher on the part of the teacher, and on your part as a student. But it can still happen. 
Yeah. So I guess, you know, we can bring this back around. Yes, there may be a style that's better suited to your body than X other style, but you shouldn't pick what you're going to train for the next 10 years based on an element like that. Right. I mean, if it, yes, if it's going to make absolute demands that you cannot live up to, then you shouldn't waste your time. You should find something that can work with the body you've got. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, there are plenty of good arts all across the spectrum out there where you can learn to defend yourself or, you know, again, you get into sport, they're going to answer that question for you. But you're going to be a certain age and fitness level if you're going to get into sport, too. Yeah. Um, so we're we're talking more about the traditional stuff. As you get older, you don't really give a shit you, you about. You got to follow the, the yeah. You got to follow the pleasure principle. And even if you're mm-hmm. not idealized for for Northern Shaolin, if you're young and healthy enough, and and you can get there, you know, I'll put you there. Yeah, for sure. you know, your yeah. teacher's going to help you get there. And if you want to be able to do that flying triple decker cheeseburger kick, then. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, get out there it. and do it because you'll train harder because that's what you want. Yeah. And that's it. The bottom line is right there. It's what, if that's what you want to do, you'll put in time and effort. And even if your flying, spinning back kick isn't as pretty as, well, mine wasn't pretty. Okay? <laughs> so even if it's not pretty, you you know that you have to do a certain amount of it to you know, to to get through class. Yeah. You know, right. To you know to keep to keep the teachers happy. So the, you know, the bottom line is if you love the arts, you'll simply put up with it and keep doing it. I mean, there were so many forms in Ching Yi that I just, uh, there would be a hitch, there'd be a hinge somewhere in there. And I go, I can't get this. I can't. (laughs) Thai is a, we have a jump in Thai that's just so odd. Oh, is that that weird? Oh, it, no, it's just a weird thing that where you punch one, you're, you're punching opposite hand and stepping with the the other foot. And then you jump and and turn around backwards. Yeah. And then, you know, slap down, jump down. Not sure. Turn around, around yeah. Yeah, give yourself a bone. But uh, you know, it's just a case of that if you really, if you really enjoy your art, Did you say bone? If you love your art, and you find joy, then you'll find a way to make all the other stuff work. Yeah, and and to to the point that it works for you. That may not work like everybody else. There's always somebody a lot more athletic than I was in class, right. but that didn't mean they kicked my ass because they could. Exactly. Right. And, and within the limits, don't let your body type discourage you. You know, if, if you're not old and decrepit already, in which case you might want to reconsider martial arts and just pick up a gun if you've Thank waited you. that long to start. <laughs> or, <laughs> Gee. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Politic. Hello, welcome to the party, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, then you can change, too. You know, your body will change based on what you do to some degree. Yep. And the Bagua guy just said change. Can you believe it? I'm wondering if the Shingy guy is going to say change today. <laughs> Crick no. keeps going back to no. that. <laughs> I loved it. No, I thought no, it was no. wonderful. I was, we uh, had two or three changes last episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so have we missed anything here, fellas? Uh, is it any different for women? No. Well, size matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the biggest thing for women is to find a class where they can learn hands-on women. self-defense and be comfortable with the people they're training with. That's yeah. That's and I think you've already blown that big out. <laughs> <laughs> Not going and, with your size no, matters. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but definitely the size. There. Go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, it was something that Alan talked about this past weekend, mm-hmm. is that some of the techniques, you know, that size didn't, their size did not matter. Mm-hmm. In other words, that, you know, technically, and if you're looking at Bagua particularly, is that if you're doing the technique correctly, it should, size should not matter. Right. It's the same in Xing Yi that technically if you're doing, if your structure's correct and you're doing this, you know, you have the proper alignments, you, you're working with your three external harmonies, size should not matter. 
But there Should still be. is this. There still is this issue of some two hundred eighty pound guy blowing through some hundred and five pound woman. Right. Yeah. So I think the trick with that is it's right as far as that goes that size shouldn't matter if if you're employing the technique and the principle correctly, but that correctly includes knowing how to adapt it for size differential. Right. Yeah. I think for other factors. So you can't just, this is technique A. Technique A is performed this way. I can do it that way to a midget or a giant. (laughs) And it'll work just as well because I'm doing it correctly. And and we know that it won't. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and that's the whole thing about when we talk about putting a weapon in our hand. Mm -hmm. You put a, you put two sticks in your hand, the forms take on a completely different characteristic. Yeah. That when you put two edged weapon in your hand to do put two knives, it's right. completely different. That was I know, strange the way you said I, that. And I know because I have cut myself inside my arm trying to <laughs> trying to do a change, you oh, know, yeah. with with a, two steak knives in the kitchen while I'm just standing around doing stuff. <laughs> oh, we thought you were just going through an emo phase. Well, that's right. it's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but, one of the beginning principles that I. I teach my guys too is right off the bat is using your own body as a ruling stick or a measuring stick because regardless of um really how big someone is and stuff like that we're we're all still built with the same human skeleton i mean the things still move in the same damn direction and stuff like that certain things are going to be universal truths but if somebody has 200 pounds coming at you like a you know moving train uh you know your soft little block and just try to stand there. It's not that it's you not. can't fight them, and it's not that you can't fight them with the same principles you learn, but you have to do it differently. Different. My, my favorite strategy. example is, you know, the mysterious Uncle Mickey who uh, <laughs> comes out to, your to my classes sometimes, and I will show a student, and, you know, he's one of my Kung Fu brothers. He's a peer, right? So he'll just come out, he'll help me teach, we'll goof around, we'll swap paint, whatever. But I'll show somebody a technique, and I'll show them how to do it one way. And then they'll go to him, and he shows them something different with the same technique. And they come to me, and they're like, which one of you is right? And I'm like, look at us. He's short. And he's mean. He's, he's going to do it that ass. way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, he's going to exactly. attack the limb more. He's going to emphasize other things. So you need to learn that up and down. You know, mm-hmm. you start out training, practicing against someone roughly your own size, because that's where you're least likely to get hurt, and that's kind of the fairest contest. And it's easier to feel the body work that way if you're with somebody that's fairly evenly matched. Yep. Yeah. But once you've got that, then you've got to take it tall, you got to take it small, you got to take it big. Let me uh, little. jump back quick to, to a point you asked, and, and we didn't have a chance to really go into it, but it just occurred to me about women. Um, their body shape is different, right? They have breasts, right? So, I mean, most of the ones I've checked. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when you talk about arts that is very focused on center line theory, there will be some adjustments because physically, depending upon the, the, the gal's size, I mean, she's not going to be able to be in close in that center line that a man might be, you know, because he has nothing there. But a, but a lady, it's going to have to be out here a little bit more. You know, do you yeah, follow what I'm yeah, saying? Really? Yeah. yeah okay. so they and they actually make equipment also for women to wear so that when you're making contact in class, you know, you're just not rubbing against her chest, you know. Right. right. They actually make, you know, special Sport sports bras, bras yeah. and other stuff to wear that she doesn't feel bad about having contact there. Yeah. 
And that's, you know, yeah, they, frankly, most of the women I've known that had the stones to come into a kung they, fu class and, right. and do the same thing that everybody well, they else didn't is care, doing. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't care, yeah. They don't care. Yeah. No, like, oh, you hit me in the tit. Smack! Uh, hit you upside yeah, the head. Yeah. Right, yeah. They'll pouch you just for While fun. While you're yeah. over there giggling, they've got a toe up your ass. Yeah, well, usually if you're going to giggle about it, they'll take advantage of that and flatten you. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not too worried about the ladies that actually come out. It's it's the ones that are nervous about getting into this in the first place. you got to be careful picking a school. But, boy, that's going to steer us into a different topic right there. Yeah, it's a great idea. for another discussion time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Uh, if we've, we've you think okay. we've exhausted well, the only this? Thing, the only thing that last thing I can say on size is Poon, my Tai Chi teacher, who called me Giant Man. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but his You're whole thing, Giant he, Man. Yeah. So the whole thing, he called me Giant Man, and one day he just threw a big forearm across my chest, and I looked at him and grinned, and he go, "What I do?" And so he goes. He goes, no, he giant man, he too big. He goes, kicking balls, poking eye. <laughs> and I go, and that, and that right there is the great size equalizer, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And pick if we're talking, a, pick up a chair. If we're talking about actual <laughs> self defense, you know, if you're outnumbered or outsized or even surprised, then you should always be going for any advantage you can oh, get. Oh, hell yeah. Pick up something. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I was telling my students today, I was, you know, I was like, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. In, in this system, we've got, you know, thousands of moves, but in reality, if you really need to hurt someone or protect yourself for your life, not sport, you know, I don't fight. I don't go out and spar a bunch except, you know, tequila nights and whatever. Mm-hmm. Just within the family, so to speak. But um, in reality, I mean, there's like maybe five five moves out of the entire system yeah, yeah. that you're really going to use and going to need. And, I mean, most of the stuff, you know, it just it's not stuff with your bouncing around, fighting, looking at the guy. No, it's quick, it's simple, and dirty. Get it done and over with quick and in a hurry and get on with your business. Yeah. And I like some systems. They seem kind of long, but you look at them, and it's really just it's variations on the 10 or 20 shit. different yep. things. You're just recombining them in different ways. Seed movement. And look at Gal 64. Flowers. Look how much that stuff repeats through, you know, oh, through yeah. some of these linears are almost identical. They just have a little twist to it. Right. A little something different to it. So. Right. Oh, yeah. All right, we've plugged all our own martial arts now, and, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think remember Shingy's king. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, you're teaching Chong, right? Yeah, That's like teaching Chong, right? Oh, yeah, I like that. You're teaching him, though. You know that he learned from book. Hey, that's right. All right, well, I'm going to drag Craig with a champagne while I pump his stomach, and uh, we'll be right back. Tower. 
Okay, folks, we're back. It's time for the Wooda Moduck section. Hey, I said it right that time. Hey, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. I was at Chinese restaurant. He asked what I wanted. I told him Moduck. <laughs> I ordered duck and then I ordered Moduck. <laughs> <laughs> they were very kind people. <laughs> yes. I like them. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, what I wanted to bring up after the last one was, uh, you know, the last one got, got a little harsh on, uh, you know, people who aren't martial artists wanting to butt in and play the game and the position it puts us in, you know, right. it's, it's bad martial ethics. Right and since there. And it's, it's hard for them because they don't know martial ethics. Because they're not a martial artist. Exactly. But the one rule they do need to know, don't fuck with a martial artist unless you're ready to dance. <laughs> <laughs> Take that to the ballroom. Yeah, okay. okay. But, right but uh, let's look at the other side of the coin a little bit here. Being a martial artist is not a license to be an asshat. Okay. <clears throat> I, I put that, that's not in traditional Chinese terms there, but I think it you applies think so? to every martial artist. And, and if you want me to translate, it means a dickhead, okay? But- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, you once you get a, a certain amount of skill in this stuff, you have to treat it almost like somebody who carries a concealed weapon does. You have to be more resistant to uh, trouble than the average person because if you get into trouble, it's going to get ugly. And uh, Big Al, you told a good story uh, about something that happened in one of your classes a while back, and we'll leave names out of this. But you had a student uh, when you know we often train on a basketball court at the park. Ah, uh, yes. And now I've always had a policy. You know, the basketball guys show up and they need the court. We give it to them because we can go in the grass. We can go anywhere else. That's a dedicated space for the basketball player. So if a basketball player wants it, he can have it. Of course. It's yeah. common sense to me. Uh, you know. So uh, you had a student that, that didn't like that idea. Well, I mean, it was just, it was funny because it was the way it was put was, well, let's just stand our ground. And I'm going, why? Right. And going, they, you know, this is, you know, let them play basketball. And said, well, we were here first. And I went, well, let's just come over here and we'll give them the court and go. And I'm going, is this really where you want to stand your ground? Is this your battle you want to choose here? Exactly. We can do it I next mean, week so long as you bring your basketballs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the point to me is is that why start a fight? There's enough stuff out there anyway. Right. I, I'm not going to, I'm not in a position where I'm going to start a fight. And particularly, this is a community art where community, everybody knows us out of the park that we go to. We have to uh, show rather, up next rather week. Rather they don't know us by name. Yeah, exactly. We've got to show up again. Mm-hmm. And rather they don't know us by name, they know us. I mean, we've had, uh, you know, I had a student actually came. She lived around the corner because she goes, I see you here all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So part of this happens is that when, and it's happened before with other students, when an actual another um, martial arts group happened to be there on the court that morning, is that he didn't want to yield because he thought it was, you know, it was our territory, and I'm going. We can practice over here. Was that one of us, or well, that else? was just somebody else who used to be in my class a long time ago. Oh, right. And so it was just again, it was another point. Is is I'm going. Why do we want to stand our ground for this? Right, right. You know, is that what you want to see? You know, you read about all these awesome fights in history of Chinese martial arts or martial arts in general. We took back. The basketball court. 
<laughs> I mean, come on. Exactly. You know. It, but well, it's just you know if 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 you've gotten in there and you spent your time and you learned the quarter blood technique and whatever quarter you know, blood, <laughs> it's incumbent upon you to behave more responsibly than the next guy. Yeah. You need to be able to laugh off these attempts at you know dominance, uh, pissing contests. You need to be able to walk away from that because. Frankly, you'd be in a fight every other day if you thought you had to, you know, show what a badass martial artist you were and smack all those yeah. people down. What you have to understand is, as a martial artist, we, you know, that's what we have. We have martial arts to defend ourselves or, or to fight off things that scare us, frighten us, or that are causing trouble. That's what they have, is mouthing off. They don't have the martial arts, you know, so... They're scared, fearful, got to be macho, whatever, and so that's what they do. It's just a different, uh, different language. And once you understand that, it's easy to go, okay, well, we don't speak the same language. Let's just walk away here. Yeah. Age and skill changes everything. I yeah. mean, you know, at mm-hmm. 59 years old, I'm not the guy that was boxing at 21 because you mouthed off to me when I was 21. It just kind of went, oh. Guess what happened? Yeah, well, we've all been young and made so, quote unquote so mistakes. So, oh yeah. <laughs> so the the point being is that maturity, and the more that I have learned, and the and the better I felt my skill level is, the less that I have to practice it. You know, I'm the just, less you're compelled to because your ego is not I driving you to do I it. I don't care. I don't care. Do you really want to dance? You want to find? And even if I win, even if I hit somebody and and hurt somebody, I go. I feel what, bad about it. What did you win? I go, I go. What's what's the big deal here? I mean, I had a, a situation with somebody once before, and the question was, and I got very angry and I was very mad. And they said, "Do you think you can beat me?" I go, "It's not about beating you. I want to cause you pain. <laughs> you know, I want you to hurt. I want you to go. My God, I never want to do that again." Right. But you know, but for the especially for the average person, a bunch of guys coming out and playing basketball, or a bunch of guys, you know, coming out and doing anything. We can, and we're a community. We're uh, we're practicing on the basketball court. We're going to give them the court. Right. Every and martial artist to remember field. on some level you represent every other martial artist. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our some of our some of our news segments, you know, we groan and roll our eyes and and shake our heads in despair at some of the stuff we hear because that's reflecting on on all us. Of yeah. Yes. On everybody. I mean, you got to understand. Yeah. To another martial artist, you know, I'm just a taekwondo guy. You're a judo guy, but you do this special thing, whatever. But to the you know the redneck backwoods guy who everything karate, y'all all just punch and kip, and some of y'all roll around on the ground, but it's all karate. So you got to understand that martial arts is martial arts to the average outsider. You do something stupid, wrong, whatever. As a martial artist, you know. We all look bad. Yeah, and yeah. that it's that Taekwondo stuff, you know. You, you know, <laughs> Taekwondo. You, you, you can do that Taekwondo, and you get hurt. You know, I kind of like Taekwondo. <laughs> so, I mean, we 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 have a responsibility to carry ourselves and show a better character because we have this knowledge, right? And it, you know, and it, and I've always told a lot of my students that it goes beyond just avoiding confrontation that when we get out of the car we look for if you see a woman with a small child when she's putting that kid in the back seat of her car you're taking note of she is most vulnerable yeah and pay attention to when she's doing that and don't do it in a in a in a strange or goofy or scary way because you'll, she looks at me it's some guy, bad guy you know six three and 250 pounds she goes oh my god he's over here staring at me mm-hmm. what if that's the only way craig has 
and, and so, you know, like you said, so we have to step up for him. We got to help him out, you That's know? Right. So, That's right. So there is a, there's another responsibility. No, about, I like what you say because about helping other people. Yeah. Especially people who are vulnerable and can't help themselves. Older people. And I don't know why it bothers me so bad when, the, when you hear somebody say, well, you know, some 20, you know, some, some punk mug some guy on the street, that's one thing. But when I hear some punk, they beat the crap out of some elderly person. Oh, yeah. It, now, they just need a serious-ass whooping. They, well, they just need to give me 15 minutes alone in the room for Exactly. Them. And it's five minutes to do what I need to do and 10 minutes to clean up the mess. Right. <laughs> and maybe two minutes to giggle about it with Lee. But I like what you said. In, in you know, we always, uh, at least in our, and we talked about this a few episodes, too, uh, ago, is about uh, the uh, training the peripheral vision, that sort of thing. So being aware, you know, uh, of of, da- of danger, you know, however it may right. present itself. Look for but real also trouble. for other people. And don't get, yeah, for yourself and others, look for real trouble, but don't get distracted by the BS. Yeah. yeah. As you right. said earlier, Big Al, the, the, the real fighters don't talk. No, they no. fight. They fight. That's it. And I, and it's not just martial artists or whatever. It's not just young people. I mean, I've, I've seen, uh, I remember one time I was at a, it was at a football game, an outdoor foot. I think it was a high school game. I was young, but there was an older guy that came in with, uh, with a 16, 17 year old daughter and she was dead hot. You know, I was maybe 12 or 13 at the time and I, it caught Ooh-hee. my, <laughs> it caught my attention. But there were a couple of college-age guys sitting right behind him, and they were mouthing off and talking about his daughter and oh, whatever. Geez. And at one point, he just and you know, these were two burly college-age guys, and this was a short, balding, middle-aged man. Nothing extraordinary looking about this guy at all, and he probably didn't know any martial arts, but he knew protect my family. And there you go. And as soon as he heard the wrong thing go. come out of those guys' mouth, he stood up and just hauled the guy forward and down across the seats and proceeded to pound the living hell out of it yes. nice there you go and it's all about you know you the serious guy who's quiet is the one you really got to watch out for you don't want to piss him off the guy who's mouthing off you can walk away yeah. from that guy and he'll think he's one and his buddies will think he's one but why do you care right exactly. you know you just avoided bloodshed whether it's yours or his you've done the right thing and you gotta you gotta think about a lot of this stuff it, it, too when you say win or lose what did you win you know what did you lose right you know Nothing. You look like an ass to most people. Right. Now, yeah. if it's a credible threat, you deal with it and you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about that here. And, we're talking about martial and, arts and we'll, is not a license to be an asshat. When, <laughs> when we tie that in earlier with size, and I've said this to some of my smaller students, I go, you know, fighting on one for, for different reasons. But, you know, and again, he has a, a like a four or five year old daughter. I said, your reaction is completely different from me smacking, we smacking each other around in class and me doing something or somebody coming at your daughter. Oh, hell yeah. And there's a, there's a perfect example of a bunch of wise asses just opened their mouths at the wrong guy and he's talking mm-hmm. about his daughter. Mm-hmm. That's a license to kill. There's not a judge in the country go, they said, what about your daughter? Yeah. yeah. And they're still alive? You go kill them, and I'll con- con- and it will be justifiable homicide. Huh? No, I, I told my students today too. You know, there's different types of of combat or or physical violence that that you know these techniques or whatever that you're learning will work on. And I'm like, you know, when my daughter's older and somebody comes to screw with her, you're not going to see stuff that you recognize out of a form unless you're pretty advanced. All you're going to see is a very fast hand 
right to that uh, gonna, neck area. You're going to see daddy's I, foot up some young boy's ass. I'm going I'm to be yanking on those vocal cords while I'm sweeping the legs, and I'll lay him down hard. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you don't nothing fancy. But, again, to, to come back to the whole ter- the, the territory that we're trying to cover here is that we have a responsibility to for our art. To yeah. show that there are quality, because sometimes in the MMA type stuff, there are some, I mean, there's some bizarre guys out there. Oh, yeah. And we get that flow over, and it's a different structure. You need to be part crazy to do some of the MMA stuff. Yeah. So the, some of that carries over. They think all of us are nuts like that. Well, because you're willing you to know, take a serious physical. Yeah. Okay, well, and, you know, <laughs> I might not be able to pass the blotter test, but still, we have a certain responsibility. Because they're they're willing. Right. Uh, there's a money thing there because you know a lot of times in MMA it's a, it's a road into professional fighting where there's money involved, a lot right. of money, and you're like. Well, I get myself beat up over and over and over again, but that's a hell of a lot of and money. Also, I, you know? yeah, and I'm I, not willing to make yeah. that change. Right. And I, I think a lot of the guys you see that seem a little crazy in MMA are actually throwing a little professional oh, wrestling yeah, flair into their go. promotion. Oh, yeah. And jacking it up that way, which, hey, there's nothing wrong with that if it brings more money. It's marketing. In the house. Yeah, it's and marketing. Yeah. You do it for money and chicks. That's yeah. right. And that's basically what we do everything for. <laughs> Isn't it? But, uh, you that's know. what I'm doing this for right now. Hi, honey. I'm glad you're listening to this. <laughs> I love you. He's, ta- this, he's talking this? about his dark past. Yeah, yeah. Remember, this is the honey bunny. Oh, my God. That's what I call him. That's the deluxe big rig honey bunny right there. Hidaka honey bunny. Okay, well, we've beaten this one up. But, uh, you know, any of your listeners out there, if you have something you want to throw in the Wuda segment, uh, uh, yeah, you got something you want to hear us discuss, uh, send it over to us. Do it. Put it Let in me- the subject line, High Eye Podcast, mailbag at highoutpodcast.com. Yeah, Wuda. You know, and let me throw this in before we close out. Uh, if, you know, if, if you're one of these people that say Wudo was never an original part of, tri- you know, a Chinese martial arts style and yada yada, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that kind of crap. Okay. <laughs> some, some people do it. Some people don't. Yeah. You know, you've got your Southern styles that can be hooked up with the underground, uh, you know, triads and all this. Well, kind even of crap. in that stuff, there's yada the honor yada. among thieves. There's always yeah, exactly. a code. There's always a code you got to follow. And just as a modern martial artist, I think the code, you know, is should... you need some sort of code. Right. Show uh, character. Yeah. As Stanley said, with great. Power comes great great. responsibility. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) All right, folks, we're going to karate chop this one in half. Hiya! Hiya! with Craig Keesley. Coming to you from those underpants lying on the floor in the corner. <laughs> the underpants. <laughs> yeah. I like underpants, especially ones that move of their own accord. Dave stands up right when he... Never mind. Oh, dear. I have to take them off and throw them down, and they just <laughs> they, sit there waiting they, for me to they, jump back into them. The crunch. Nah, that's why I go commando. <laughs> hey, Jonesy. <laughs> I heard you're fighting the dragon. Uh, yeah, I saw that thing you sent me. Yeah, it's Jonesy versus the dragon. I That's feel like right. St. George. This no, was actually me. news to me. I wasn't aware of this organization, but the dragon is actually Yang Jinping of China and uh, Bill Jones, 
uh, uh you know, nicknamed Jonesy, uh, for the super fight matchup number three coming Saturday, September 15th, uh, at 7 p.m. Um, I've never been aware of this, this group, but it's the World Cup of mixed martial arts. Um, and World Cup of mixed martial arts.com is where you can find out more about it. Sing Tao Beer, Chinese Beer is a major sponsor. They have several. Didn't but it's pronounce worldwide. Qingdao? It's whichever way you want to say it. I just say beer. Okay. Because. When you say bud, you said it all. <laughs> That's for the God. older guys in the room. <laughs> hey, and Budweiser, send us some money. <laughs> no, I wouldn't take a That was my dad's name. They called me Bud Light at, at the country club. I bet. No, they call you Natty. Natty Light. <laughs> That's what they, they don't even call me anymore, man. Jesus, it's just, it's sad. Yeah. All but, right. So we interrupted your little story there. Please, that's please all right. continue. <laughs> so, hey, Jonesy, I heard you're fighting the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that's all for that one. Oh. All right, folks, moving on. So, <laughs> that's right. So, um, yeah, you can look it up at, at, uh, World Cup of Mixed Martial Arts.com. Um, there's also Foxwoods.com. I believe that's where this is being held this year or something. Um, yeah, it's coming up. If you're interested, check it out. But it's international MMA, and there's ranking. There's uh, for this recent one, it's a super lightweight division that's going to be fighting and and kind of picking out who's the. Is belt this holder. a is this a pro organization? Yeah, yeah. Purses and the whole yeah. Oh yeah, the whole nine yards. It's just um, horrible marketing. I've never heard of it before. You know, even like that poster I sent you kind of sucked a little bit it looked a little cheesy but yeah. hey you never know that might not reflect on the quality of the people actually fighting it's no just, if you uh, get hit a bunch of times draw me a pretty picture bah, okay <laughs> he's losing it folks hang in there buddy i'm telling you i'm not I'm sure you had it to start with but <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna get it one it's of up these for days. debate martial arts master gets prison for shooting wife wow so wrong like that you know so yeah, San Antonio martial arts master. I'm not sure who who's calling him the master or whatever, but you know, um, was sentenced to a whopping 15 years in prison. You know, um, for basically shooting his wife uh, back in March of 2011. Daniel Rivera, aged 53, martial arts master Daniel Rivera. We all know him. He's he's a master for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> Honestly, before I go on, I'll tell you, when I was trying to find out more information about this, the number of people involved in crimes named Daniel Rivera involving shooting other people or getting shot is way too many. I'll just tell you that right now. Okay. Did, so, you, did you search on Dave Jones? I did not, but I probably should have. Yeah, you should check that out. There's a lot of us out there causing trouble, too. Yeah. So, anyway, they there was a uh, domestic disturbance that was going on. Um the two were going through a divorce, and, uh, you know, Daniel was a little bit pissed about it and uh, went over to where she was staying and just uh, shot her up, and uh, he's going to jail. So I'm, assuming he, didn't, I'm assuming he didn't kill her. No. Um, you know what? I don't know. Um, okay. He shot back to the character, no. uh, you, know, you know, having character we talked about no, earlier. No, huh? he did not, because evidently... Uh, prosecutors told the jury that after Rivera shot his wife, he held her hostage for more than two hours before allowing her to call for help. So he was hoping she'd bleed out, I guess. Wouldn't you? You know, if he's a martial arts master, why do you have to go over there and shoot her? Hey, 
you know, my body's a deadly weapon. But that doesn't mean I have to use it. I got molded up, baby. I shoot you in the head. <laughs> you do definitely got more ducks than you need. <laughs> you need some? Oh, dear God. You're funny. I tell you. I tell you. All right. So, 36 Chambers. Anybody seen it? Seen it? The old one? Yeah. Yeah. Are that's they remaking what we're it or about. something? No. Wouldn't you like that? No. Maybe. I get tired of remakes, to be honest with you. It depends on who was in it. I'll be in it. Okay, I'm not interested. All right, all right. <laughs> Moving along. 36 Chambers, who do you remember from that? Gordon Liu. Uh, yes, not Bill Nye, the science guy, no. but close, but close. Wait. It was Gordon Liu. <laughs> Poor Gordon Liu. We have some news about him, unfortunately. Gordon Liu has suffered a stroke. Oh. And uh, believe it or not, uh, is in a nursing home. He is old, and he's beat himself to death doing those movies back Yeah, but he's 36 chamber. Motherfucker never die. Come on, Charlie Chaplin. He's not dead. He's just in a nursing home playing video games. He's in the 37th chamber. That's right. He's in the 38th chamber now. (laughs) The 38th is is nursing home. That sucks. My parents have both lived in them. I go to them all the time. It's not a happy place. No, 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 it is not. When you think of nurses, those hot little chicks and, you know, short skirts and stuff like that, that's not a reality, my friend. Yeah, no, not at nursing homes. No, but it's better than being laid out in the street or smothered under a mattress by your relatives because you're a drag on the family. (laughs) That's the way they did it in the old days. (laughs) What was that story about somebody laying down in the street? And was like, why was the guy laying down the street? We were talking about that. Was that a Hmm. completely different group of people? I don't recall that at all. Yeah, it must have been. All right, all right. But, yeah, you know, good luck to Gordon Liu, man. Yeah. Put a lot of good stuff out there. Really enjoyed a lot of his movies. The Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Bagua guy likes that one? Huh. Imagine that. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that one at the time. I, I wasn't doing Bagua, but I, I, but there's I no liked Bogwa it because the they, movie, would, they would poke the staff in your mouth and rattle all your teeth out <laughs> with it. <laughs> I'm like, that's badass. Oh, dude. that's I'm using that. That's what happened. So, yeah. Everybody send some good vibes over to Gordon. All right. All right. Good vibes, Gordon Liu. Uh, as you know, I've been talking, I brought Bruce Lee into the news a couple occasions. You know, there was a Bruce Lee kid about nine years old who got his black belt at what, eight right. uh, or something. Can, you know, still congrats to you. You finished it. So you shouldn't even be listening to this now. But, uh, and then there was, uh, you know, the Bruce Lee statue was found and redone over, over in Europe and, and, and all this. And then we had the, uh, new documentary. Well, now we have a new piece of Bruce Lee. Is this like the Kung Fu magazines in the 80s and 90s? Do we it have is. to have Bruce Lee in every show? It is. It is. I'm going to go ahead and say that right All now. All right. As long as it sells tickets. It does. It does. Maybe after I finish with these, I'll do the Bruce Lie. Okay. All right. Yep. So there's something you can look forward to. But this time, Bruce Lee right now, um, we've got uh, a, a, a winner of the Tony Award, David Hen- Henry Huang who won $200,000, the most amount ever uh, for doing playwriting uh, in these contests and whatnot, has written us a nice play uh, for the stage for Bruce Lee. Um, so that that's happening. It's actually a Broadway act that's going to be coming out. Um, and the guy won, like I said, two hundred grand for it. Um, but... Now this guy is is not just you know uh, nobody, but good lord, 
He brought Asian and yeah. Asian American characters to Broadway and other stages, including his Broadway hit, Madam Butterfly. So he's, you know, a well-known guy, has been doing stuff. But just to put, you know, another layer to the cake, uh, he's doing a Bruce Lee Broadway deal. Is so, it a musical? That I do not think so, no. Bruce Lee, the musical? I think that would be a fantastic musical. He was oh. a dancer after all. Yeah. Yeah. That should be kicking, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's you get this. Mel Brooks to direct it? Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, springtime. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> this is springtime. I'd go see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> History of the world. I love those movies, man. Oh, man. Blazing it's Saddles. Good to be king. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Drop the nunchucks or the Chinese guy gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and one of the movies that uh, we reviewed here lately that I have yet to still see like a dumbass, but... It's not in any, you know, convenient, uh, cheap method for me to see it yet. Is the raid redemption? Oh yeah! Everybody loves it. Who's seen it? One of my students has seen it just due to this podcast, and he's flipping about it and telling his friends. That's the best action movie of the year, well, hands down. Yeah, and this isn't just from the year's our not even reviews. over yet. No, listen <laughs> to this. It was showcased at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's now being uh, put onto Blu-ray. So. Just wanted to throw that out there, but it was it was showcased down in Texas uh, for the South by Southwest, which is a huge, huge event, you know. Uh, Big it, festival, oh, movies, yeah. music. It's a great Everything. time if you ever get the chance to go. Just basically entertainment fun all up and down. You yeah. Know? Now, it did the festival circuit last year and started this year, and uh, it got a lot of buzz at Toronto International Film Festival. That's where I first heard about it from a uh, film podcast. You ain't heard about it yet, have you? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, what is, I reviewed what is it? it, you know, just like that other movie you watched this week and, and sent me a text saying, hey, we need to review this movie. And I'm like, we did that in a movie mop-up three months ago. Now, I'm going to tell you, okay, that reminds me, though. You need to go Do see The Assailant. Do you listen to these things? You need to go see The Assailant. Yeah, Dude, exactly. it's Craig Humor. What are you talking about? Dude, of course right. I know. Yeah, of course you did. How did it's, how, it's Craig Humor now. Right, right. <laughs> it's Craig something I write else. the show notes, but I don't listen to the podcast to do it. All right, moving along, moving along. Yep. Do, 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 do. That's news, folks. Okay, well, thanks for the news, Craig. That was enlightening as always. You're more than welcome. So, you know, Big Al, your pumpkins. That was like, that was like pulling teeth. Your, your carriage. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. A, I, so, uh, you, yeah, I'm glad you don't invite me back to every one of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, boy! Oh, but you will come back again, won't you? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Your yeah, fan base loves you. They need you. That's they right. Can't live without you. you and even his band face. This next time will be the ultra mega reappearance of the uh, ever expanding, never ending. Uh, Big Rig, Large Marge, Honey Bunny, Big Owl. That was a lot of words. Well, I know. Yeah. That was improvising, I, too. I oh. have had a lot of nicknames in my life. I know it. <laughs> I know and, sugar. And, 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 and Dave's been the one who's come up with most of them most recently. <laughs> in, in fact, just to tell you how big I am. Okay. Oh, dear. One day, Dave was looking at my car, and on the right-hand side, on the, on the left-hand side, on the driver's side, my car was leaning over towards the side, and Dave said, Big Al? If you'd like, I'll drive. Once you drive, I'll drive you around so we can even out your car. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say just to just to show you how big I am. Ask Dave. Oh uh, <laughs> no, we just talked about wearing the springs out. Even yeah, it had yeah, nothing yeah. to do. Oh, oh. Hello. I send Big Al to his room when he gets frisky. Hey. <laughs> That's right. 
You stand in the corner, where whole I wanted stand. to be anyway. Yeah. I wanted to be in my room. All right, folks, get laid. I got to go home. Yeah, he's got to go home. Just to bring a slight call back. The honey like, bunny alerts up in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Room backwards is more. Mm-hmm. More, if you take it short and take it ghetto, is mo. Mo duck. That's a roundabout callback. And that's how his brain works, folks. All right. That's all. That's all, folks. Contact us at, come by the website, highoppodcast.com. Catch us on iTunes. We really need more ratings and reviews. So get out there and do that. You know, there's way more people on our Facebook page than there are that have gone to iTunes and given us the bump. We need that to stay up where other people can find us. Share it with your friends. You know the URL. You know where we are. You know, if you're on a forum, you know, a martial arts forum. Tell some of your buddies about it, yeah. you know? If you just want to make up, print up a couple thousand business cards with the podcast URL on, uh, do you it. just pass them out to people yeah, randomly. You can make some t-shirts. Yep. You Send can make some t-shirts. money. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you can make some TV commercials, too, if you'd like. Look, here's the thing. We're not even asking for money until we get this thing on a regular schedule. We get all the kinks signed out, and we get you guys, you know, what you want. Right. So We're not asking. We're taking. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so hit us up at uh, mailbag at highupodcast.com. You can put uh, you can put uh, Wuda in in the subject line if you have something for that. You can put Swap and Pain in the subject line you if go. you got something for that, or just any other damn thing you got. Send it on to us. We'll work you into the show. All right, folks. Love you. It's time to say bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>